You're listening to the Wobcast with the one and only, the legendary, the insurmountable Wobby. Hey everyone, welcome into a special Wednesday edition of the Wobcast. I'm your host, Mike Wobshall, inside TCO Studios at Winter Park. Producer, Chris Corso, by my side. What up, CC? What's going on? Nothing, I'm, uh, man. This is, a, this, is a, this is a crazy week. Yeah, well, it's, it's a long week. So Chris and I were thinking, extra day this week to prepare for the Bears, because we plan Monday night. So we're going to bring you an extra Wobcast. That's right. Why the heck not, man? We're sitting around here on a Wednesday, waiting for the team to practice for the first time on Thursday. Um, so we got some time, and there's tons of stuff going on with the Vikings. Not all of it's good, by the way. And so um, we thought we'd update you here, use a, a special edition Wobcast to do so. I say not all of it is good, because the number one thing is the Dalvin Cook injury. Sad face, man. This Sad. stinks. This this is I've been here since 2015 and we've lost our quarterback and running back in the last 2 years. Yeah. Um starters Teddy Bridgewater and Adrian last year and now Dalvin and Sam, we yeah. don't we don't know right now. It's ridiculous. So it's been it's kind of like we're cursed a little bit. Yeah, it feels that way. I think a lot of fan bases feel like their team is cursed. Vikings fans though um, have some pretty strong ground on which to stand to support that theory. But you got to soldier on. You got to keep going. They're not going to postpone or cancel these games for us. No one's going to feel bad because we lost our quarterback and running back. We don't know if we lost our quarterback. Sam Bradford's status up in the air. Dalvin Cooks not up in the air torn ACL out for the season huge bummer Chris because as you've detailed in our notes Dalvin Cook was off to a great start he was he was off to a spectacular start so far Um, rush total and yards from scrimmage 444 which was ranked third in the NFL through four weeks he's had runs of 33 32 26 and 25 yards in Mm -hmm. his first couple games as well as a 36 yard reception in week three so he's he really yeah. had that big playability, and we're going to miss that. Yep, we are going to miss that. Now, um, we, we know Dalvin because we've been around him now for half of a year, and he's going to work hard, and he's going to come back. This, you know, Coach Zimmer in his, in his press conference earlier in the week um, obviously delivered bad news with the ACL tear, but also was optimistic about Dalvin's uh, prognosis for a full recovery. So we're hopeful he's going to be back and ready to go for the 2018 season. That's yep. not going to help us in 2017, but um, he should be able to make a full recovery. Um, I, I say should, and I knock on wood. It's not me who's going through the uh, rehab. Yep. It's him. But um, uh, we have a great training staff, and Dalvin Cook is uh, is a hard worker. So we expect him to make it all the way back. Now, Coach Zimmer, as we said, did speak earlier in the week about a lot of different things, but the number one thing on everyone's mind was Dalvin Cook, and here's Zim talking about his running back. As far as the status of Dalvin Cook, uh, he does have a torn ACL. And uh, we'll move forward for there. So, questions? You'd have to sign uh, another running back, I assume? Uh, maybe, yeah. I mean, we're looking at everything now, yeah. Is there a timeline on surgery with that? He has to wait till the swelling goes down. He's like every ACL, you know, he has to wait till the swelling goes down and they'll have it done. What, uh, what have you observed about um, Michael Floyd and how he's gone about suspension uh, last four weeks? It's good. He's been in the meetings. Um, you know, he's been on top of things. He stays in contact, contact with me. So it's been good. He had a chance to talk with Delvin at all, how his mindset is. He seemed pretty distraught yesterday. Yeah, I talked to him after the game. I you know, I saw him this morning for a minute, but uh, yeah. you know, he's a great kid. 
you know, I'm extremely impressed with everything he's done uh, to this point. It's, you know, it's obviously a terrible thing for him and for us, but, uh, uh, you know, we'll move forward and go on from there. But he's, you know, he's a great worker, and I have no doubt that he'll come back from this. Mike, any more damage in the ACL, or is that the extent of it? Um, you know, like on most of these ACLs, there's a little bit of cartilage, I think, meniscus, but um, it's nothing. I mean, it's a normal, typical ACL. Like the, the history that this training staff has of bringing guys back from ACLs, is that something you guys lean on to yeah. give yourselves a little bit of confidence that Dalvin will be able to do the same thing? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I talked to him last night about it, you know, about the doctors that we have here and the, and the medical staff and, you know, how they were able to uh, rehab uh, the last great runner here. And, um, you know, I expect him to come back and be the same, same as he was. All right, so we move on. Um, soft spot in our hearts for Dalvin Cook, and we'll root him on in his rehab, but we're moving on to uh, to all these games. Twelve more games to go, Chris. The Vikings signed Latavius Murray as a free agent this offseason, and they did so before they drafted Dalvin Cook, yep. which means they thought he could shoulder the primary workload at running back. That's right. And so now... Del um, Latavius is going to get a chance to do that. That's a good point, Wabi. In the offseason, we obviously signed uh, Latavius Murray coming off of a great season from the Oakland Raiders. 12 touchdowns for them, a, yeah. a big time runner in the red zone uh, for the Raiders' offense, which was great last year. Um, and that's right, we we signed him in the offseason. Before the draft, we didn't know that Dalvin Cook was going to fall where, where he did to us in the second round. So our, our staff has confidence that he could be the number one guy. Um, and I think he can be a number one guy. He's done it before. He did it in Oakland for one of the best offenses in the league. And uh, 12 touchdowns, that's that's no joke in this league. No, it's not. And uh, he's been a 1,000-yard rusher. And I don't, I don't know that, you know, I'm not going to sell Latavius short and tell you he can't be a home run hitter and he can't um, create big plays because maybe he can. And I'll, I'll be rooting for him too. But he doesn't appear to be the home run hitter um, that Dalvin Cook is. But the, the deal is we have home run hitters in this offense, Diggs and Thielen and Rudy. We're getting Michael Floyd back. More on that in a minute. Like, you know, Latavius Murray doesn't have to come in here and be Barry Sanders. Like, no. Latavius Murray's got to come in here and run for four yards of carry so the play-action pass works and so we can use our four-minute offense when we have a lead at the end of a game and run the clock out. That's what Latavius has to do. And That's by right. the way, we still have our defense. And we always have our defense, a good defensive team. You just need a solid running back. And I think with having Murray and then having another guy in Jarek McKinnon, who was the full-time back last year, um, I think these two guys will complement each other yeah. pretty well. We, we, we could be in a worse position. If, if Sam Bradford can get back in the mix and play, the Vikings are going to be able to survive this injury and be contenders that's for uh, sure. going down the stretch. So that, that's going to be the key is, is getting the starting quarterback back yep. and being healthy at that position. Uh, hopefully we can do that, and hopefully Teddy can make his way back too to add some depth to uh, to that position because we've already had to tap into it. Um, probably a roster move of some kind coming up. Um, That's for sure. With regard to Dalvin Cook going to the season-ending injured reserve, that will open up a roster spot. Um, of, of course, you'll try and add a running back to your team somehow, uh, whether it's the practice squad, some guy that none of us have ever heard of that we're going to grab from some other team's practice squad or from off the street, yep. or 
some big name free agent. I say big name using air quotes, but any names off the top of your head? Yeah, so I took a look at some of the some of the uh, running backs out there. Guys that come to mind are Ryan Matthews, who uh, of course was drafted really high in the first round by the uh, San Diego Chargers at the time. Um, had a couple uh, shaky seasons with injuries uh, with the Philadelphia Eagles. He's a big name, and he's he's out there as a free agent. And then another guy I'm looking at. This is more of a veteran who has some proven success in the league, and that's D'Angelo Williams. Hmm. Um, he was with the Carolina Panthers for all those years, and then he goes to the Steelers in a more of a role that he would play for us um, as the veteran back who can definitely get yeah. that, that first like down that. for you. Yeah. I like that a lot. Yeah. Um, my wife, Allie, she wants us to sign Rashad Jennings because he was on Dancing with the Stars, and <laughs> she fell in love with him. Well, I'm from New York, as you know, and yeah. I watched him play uh, with the Giants, and I, I don't I don't think his play is... Uh, okay, so you're off that? <laughs> I, okay. I support the Dancing with the Stars, but yeah. I think... Uh, yeah, he, he had a lot of potential coming out from a small school uh, in college, but yeah. he never really hit that. But uh, any of those guys, they're... They definitely give us a little, uh, little more yep. uh, of an option than just having two. Maybe they can. Maybe they can't give your offense juice. They definitely give you depth because yeah, that's what we're looking for. Well, is depth. yeah. I mean, you lose a starter, and obviously the number two and number three guys can step up, and now you don't have a number three guy anymore. We do have CJ Ham, yep, converted running back, who's now the fullback. I guess that helps. Uh, it'll just be interesting to see what the Vikings do there with a corresponding roster move. Dalvin Cook to IR opens up a spot. Because you have Michael Floyd coming back. So you can just do that swap if you want. But again, that, that's not helping your running back stable out. You gotta, you probably got to add a guy there. So it'll be interesting to see how the Vikings go through the process of getting Michael Floyd back on the roster. His four-game suspension is now over. He is eligible to return to the Vikings' 53-man roster. Um, the Vikings will obviously have to make a corresponding roster move there if they want to bring Michael Floyd into the mix. Chris, I'm excited about Michael Floyd's return you have um, to, be. to the team because yeah. I was really impressed with him this summer. Yep, he he had a great training camp for for the Vikings. He made plays in just about every practice that I could remember. Um, yep. Obviously, going against some of the uh, corners that are not starters when he was getting reps with the second team and, and third team there, but um, he did work his way up to first team reps in training camp, which was good to see. And um, he he. Did play and get reps during the preseason, but what I'm looking at is his stats uh, back with back with the Arizona Cardinals, and that's 246 career catches, 3,781 yards, and 24 touchdowns. Uh, he averaged 15.4 yards per catch. That's a big number for yep. for a guy who we're looking to make big plays. And when you already have Diggs and Thielen back there, I think the big target of Michael Floyd is just a, an added bonus. I think it is too, and I, I think about those times um, when it's a passing down <laughs> Chris, and you've got Diggs, Thielen, Floyd, and Rudy on the field. So that's tough to stop. (laughs) Yeah, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that's, you know, um, 1999 St. Louis Rams. No. Whatever. I'm not here to compare it to some other team. I'm just saying matching up against that is hard. That's a hard matchup because, um, you you know, you're going to be – you're going to be outmatched size-wise with Floyd and Rudy, and obviously Diggs and Thielen are getting open They're all quick. the time. Yep. Yeah, so I mean, this is just a hard matchup. Now, the key is going to be to protect. You're going to have to protect with that with those four weapons out there, yep. with three receivers and a tight end all being deployed into routes. Got to protect. But um, I just really like that, and so um, that, that's why I'm not doom and gloom on losing Cook. Super bummed out for him. 
super bummed out because you never know how you, how a guy comes back from a surgery, yep. and super bummed out for us because it looked like he was going to have a kick ass season. So yep. um, I'm bummed out about all that. But I don't blame you. <laughs> right, but we can survive it. That's right. Floyd coming back helps. Hopefully Bradford can get back into the lineup too. Well, well yeah, so with Michael Floyd, um, obviously you're bringing a guy who had three seasons in the league with at least 840 receiving yards. So you gotta, you're gotta, you going to have to make a roster move. So Bobby, yeah. what are we thinking when it comes to a roster move, potentially moving someone down to the practice squad yeah. um, or having to wave somebody? What do you think our options I, are? I there? don't know. It's interesting. I mean, Cole, Stacey Coley, the rookie receiver from Miami, has already been active for a game. So that tells me that when it comes to the two rookies, Rodney Adams and Stacey Coley, the pecking order for now is Coley on top and Adams second. Yeah. So if a guy goes to the practice squad, I read into that as it would be Adams who would go down. Floyd would come up because both those sense. guys are on the 53 right now. Yep. So you bring one of them down, you open up a spot. Floyd can jump up there. You got Jarius Wright as well, um, who's kind of sitting out there. You got Laquan Treadwell. Um, you know, these are all names that you think about. And then it doesn't necessarily have to be a wide receiver. I think it will be, mm-hmm. but you could. Um, you could go to another position and knock a guy off and bring him down to the practice squad and fill. Um, Phil Floyd in there. I don't think that's the way you would go, um, but it is an option for you um, if you wanted to do that. So yeah, normally you keep six wide receivers is what you keep, and that's seven what, would be a little seven would be pushing it. I think so. Yeah, but so um, so we'll see what happens. Um, that that's all going to happen here. Like. W- I mean, today or tomorrow. Yeah, it's Wednesday gotta, or Thursday. It's got to so. happen sometime this week before yep. the Chicago game. So yeah. we'll be waiting on that. Okay, um, we're going to take a look at the entire NFL through a quarter of a season in a minute. First, though, we are excited to bring you our chat with Good Morning Footballs and Fox NFL Sundays. Peter Schrager. Peter Schrager does sideline games for Fox and appears on Fox's uh, morning show. He also is on Good Morning Football, which is on NFL Network on weekdays. He's super cool. The show Good Morning Football is super cool. And Peter did both of our last two games at U.S. Bank Stadium. That's right. Sideline reporting duties for Fox. And um, and so he's got he's got his eye on us. And uh, and so we chatted with him before the game against the Lions on the sideline. He had a few things to say about the Vikings. Here's what it sounded like. All right, good morning, football. Yeah. Dude, you guys, I know the ratings are really good recently, but you guys look like you have so much fun on the show. I love that. Well, we do have fun. It's with former Viking Nate Burleson, yeah. obviously. But what we do is we talk football. It's a great novelty to do that on a sports network. You don't see it everywhere. But our goal is to talk football, keep it to football, do highlights, and we we are getting great feedback from the fans. So, yeah, we, we love our football, and we love talking about the sport, not necessarily everything that comes with uh, all the other sports that are being talked about on other networks. How about your travel? You got sideline games on the weekends. You're out in L.A. You're out in New York. What's that like? Yeah, I have the best gig in the world. Monday through Thursday, I'm in studio in New York doing the show, and then Thursday afternoon I'll fly out, and I'll be on site to whatever game we're going to be at in the facility, as you've seen me on Fridays, of whatever the home team is. Saturday, we'll meet the visiting team. Sunday, I'm honored to be at the games. You're hearing it behind me now. And then I take a red-eye flight or a late flight back and back in 4 a.m. Monday, back in the studio. Pretty awesome. U.S. Bank Stadium, what do you think? Unbelievable. I was saying this on air this week. It's it's not only the most state-of-the-art building that I've been in. I haven't seen the Atlanta one yet. But the fans are so educated that when the, when the Vikings are on offense, 
it's silent. And it's like offense at work, silent. You don't get that everywhere else. Like I know other stadiums and it's chaos. Both, uh, you know, when the team's on, intelligent fans, amazing home field advantage. You know, I'd be surprised they lose many games at home ever. What's the one thing you've seen from the Vikings where you're like, if they keep doing that, they're going to be all right? The defense is so good. Xavier Rhodes, I've seen him a few times in person, but to watch him on Mike Evans last week, to watch the tape of him on Mike Thomas, to watch him on Antonio Brown, I I don't know how you pass on the Vikings. I don't know how you throw all over the Vikings. So if they can score 20 points every game, there's no reason the Vikings can't be playing here in February. All right, brother, you're the man. Thanks for your time. Stay busy, all right? I loved it. Good morning, football. Watch it. All righty. Our thanks to Peter Schrager for joining us. Super cool cat. Hope to hope to see him down the road here at some of our games down the stretch. We'll see him at the Super Bowl. That's yeah, for sure. That's right. That's yeah. right. He's coming here. Um, all right. Quarter of the season recap, Chris. We got a few things to go over here. Um, number one on the list. The only undefeated team remaining in the NFL is the New England... No. No. The Kansas City Chiefs. (laughs) That's right. We saw that week one when they beat the New England Patriots, which was a statement win, that's for sure. Yeah, so the Chiefs remain undefeated. They win a dramatic game on Monday Night Football against the Washington Redskins, which is great for us because the Chiefs are an AFC team, the Redskins are an NFC team, and if we're going to be fighting for playoff positioning down the stretch, we want every NFC team to pick up as many losses as possible. The Redskins had an L dropped on them in the final minute of the game against the Chiefs. These Kansas City Chiefs, Chris, I think they're for real. They're good, and we've been talking about all the weapons they have, but the number one guy that we're looking at is Mr. Kareem Hunt out of Toledo. Rookie. Um, Rookie, just like what we had in Dalvin Cook, a guy who can make people miss. He's actually leading the NFL with 502 rushing yards, and the one stat that I saw, which is pretty amazing, is he's on pace for 2,008 rushing yards if he continues at the same pace, which is exactly 200 more yards than Eric Dickerson's record for a rookie running back Woo. in NFL history. So this guy, is, this guy is no joke. Andy Reid found himself a back. He did. All righty. Um, number two, as we look across the NFL for quarter of the season talkers. We're talking us. Is a Viking. That's right. Number one in receiving yards in 2017 is... Stephon Diggs. Yes. On fire. 391 receiving yards. Number one in the NFL. Um, He's also second in uh, receiving touchdowns with four. Um, The leader has five, so he's right there on that one. My man's always open. Yep. My man is always open, and if he's not open, he's high-pointing the football in the end zone for a touchdown anyway, so it don't matter. Yep. Stephon Diggs on fire. With the quarterbacks we've had, too, back and forth, it doesn't matter. Feed 14 the ball. Yep. I agree. Keep doing it. I agree. Keep doing it. Keep doing it. He is a beast to cover, and he's a beast to tackle after he catches it. Stephon Diggs on fire. All right, number three, the Los Angeles Rams. That's they're three and one. Three and one. The the leaders in the AFC West. It's uh, one thing to note is they were three and one last season. Okay. Oh, they were. They were oh, exactly boy. three and one at this point last boy, this season. This team so. is so much better than last year's. But Rams they team. are. They're a different team. They have Todd Gurley, who is the NFC Offensive Player of the Month. He joined some elite company on Sunday. This is a Gil Brandt stat from okay. NFL.com, becoming the third player in NFL history to amass. 575-plus yards from scrimmage and 7-plus touchdowns in the first four games of the season. He had an offseason last year, but, man, is he on? he's on fire. He had three touchdowns in, in the first half. Yep. 
in the Thursday night game against San Francisco. San Francisco, yeah, that I was mean, it. Yep. My goodness gracious, that guy's a beast. Uh, the Vikings, I think, handled Todd Gurley pretty well. In 2015. They, yeah. Yep, that was the Jeff Fisher game uh, yeah. when Teddy got, yeah. got hit a little late there. Right, I remember that, yep. yeah. Now, we're going to see Todd Gurley this year. We play the Rams here in, in like a month from now or a month yep. and a half. So, um Sean McVay, their new head coach, I think he knows what the heck he's doing. Jared Goff looks like the number one overall pick everyone thought he should have been when he was taken number one overall, but didn't look that way last year. He looks that way this year. Sammy Watkins all over the place. That's a team to watch. Andre Whitworth at left tackle. Yep. And uh, Tremaine Johnson at corner. Aaron Donald. I mean, man, those Rams, they might be onto something. All right. Uh, so we're impressed with them. Also 3-1. and one. And leaders in the AFC East. We're not saying the New England Patriots again. We're we're just teasing those. Circle the wagons (laughs) for the Buffalo Bills. The Bills Mafia, three three and one, beating the Super Bowl uh, contending. They didn't win the Super Bowl, but they were in the Super Bowl. The Atlanta Falcons beating them this this week. In Atlanta. In Atlanta, three and one. It's the first time they're leading the AFC East week four or later since Week seven of two thousand eight. Uh, that was the year they started out pretty hot behind Ryan Fitzpatrick. Um, yeah, it's been a while for them. It's this is definitely something of note. They're at the Bengals this week. Uh, also three and one. Philadelphia Eagles with Carson Wentz and Doug Peterson and Alshon Jeffrey and a great offensive line. Three and one Eagles. That's that's definitely another thing to note. Uh, we mentioned the Redskins lost and the Rams beat the Cowboys uh, this past week. And then you have the Giants at 0-4. Um, that's certainly a surprise in that division. Yep. So uh, you got to keep an eye on Carson Wentz, another rookie uh, guy last year, him and Goff. Um, 1,058 yards, six touchdowns, and just two interceptions. He's been uh, pretty good in his sophomore year there in Philadelphia yep. with a lot of weapons that you just mentioned. Yep, now I I got two more that I want to bring up to you, all right, off the top of your head. Let's do it. I want your thoughts. Um, I know that you love um, when the Patriots face adversity. I love know, it. Having grown up in New York. So I love it. We're not, we're not trash-talking the Patriots nope. as members of the Vikings. You, you are just from – you're from the Northeast. That's right. And you're a New York guy, so you have the right to root against the Patriots. So this is not bulletin board material for Belichick for our game against them in the Super Bowl this year. That's right. But – you like right. it. Okay, so now they're two and two. Are you like he are you just like so happy and giddy? Or are you just like let's slow down a minute here? They're gonna come back. Well, I have to say I was happy and giddy when they were down twenty eight to three in the Super Bowl and I was text, texting uh, a ton of those guys there in Boston uh-huh. and uh, that did not turn out yeah, well. It didn't go well. So I will keep my my uh, my feelings down a little bit on this. Um, but I do want to note their defense, and it is not the same defense that yeah. they had last year. Um, Tim Hightower, their star linebacker going down, they're definitely missing some talent there in the middle of their defense. And there's a there's a ton of talent in that secondary um, in Stephen Gilmore, uh, the, the corner that they picked up from the Buffalo Bills, and they are not playing well. No. Uh, you saw the game against the Texans uh, two weeks ago where they gave up a lot of points and Tom Brady was able to save them. And then Cam Newton just torched them last week, and there was nothing uh, Tom Brady could do in that one. So. <laughs> I am I am not panic button guy with the Patriots. Never, he can be. You aren't either. I okay. I'm I'm gonna say that they will be there um, at least in the AFC uh, championship game against uh, the Kansas City Chiefs is my my guess. They are two and two through four games. Yep. If they are four and four through eight games, uh, then, then we'll talk. Then we'll talk. Then we'll talk. Then we'll talk. Right. Uh, okay. I still. 
think a team like the Denver Broncos with a stud defense can uh, can beat them, especially if they get a home game versus yeah. them in the playoffs at some point. But interesting to see how that happens. We'll see. All right, last one for the quarter of the season review. Every week in my office on my whiteboard, I do my own power rankings. One through twelve, and we 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 track them on Vikings.com. We do not not ours or mine or yours, just nationally. Um, You know, and just it's just not what we do. Um, We don't do stuff like power rankings and mock drafts that we put out ourselves. But I do it myself just for fun. Yeah, I'm going to tell you what, and I want to ask you. uh, This week was hard because I don't Kansas City's number one. Mm -hmm. I don't know what to do after that. Uh, It's it's tough. Top of your head. Fill out your top five for me, please. Top of my head. You have to see. do Kansas City number one. Kansas City has to be number okay. one if you go by so, power rankings. I've just got cause... mine. I, I take a photo of it every week, yep. uh, so I have it for for my records on my phone. I got my mine filled out for the week, so I'm set. I want to know who your top five are. Well, you go Kansas City number one, number two. I mean, you have to you have to have the Rams up there. I, did, I, I wouldn't say they're two. I, uh, I have them tenth. Oh, you have them tenth. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's everyone's three. Everyone is three and one. I I go. I'd go maybe Eagles two. Okay, I have the Eagles third. You so the you're, Eagles third. We're, we're, I have a surprise team at number two. Yeah, so I'll go. We'll, but the we'll Eagles go Chiefs, are good. Eagles. Um, I, I hate saying it, but you might have to put Buffalo in there too. I agree with you. I have Buffalo fifth. Yeah, and their yeah. defense is 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 definitely uh, has impressed, and Tyrod Taylor has played great. Dude, I have two NFC North teams in the top five. Yeah, I, I was gonna say you have to put, you have, have, you have to go with the Packers there. And, I have Green Bay second. Yeah, I I didn't want to say it. That's why I, I pushed him down to four, and, and then Lions, Detroit fourth. Yeah. So my top five are Kansas City, Green Bay, Philly, Detroit, and Buffalo. Wow. I mean, but this is tough because That's, not yeah. in the top five, Atlanta, who before they lost to the Bills, I would have said is the best team in the NFC. Uh, yeah, and I so, agree, but they, they did have a tough uh, – they barely beat the the Chicago Bears. Right, at, I know that. I know. That, which is crazy week so, one. I don't have Atlanta in my top five. Yep. Pittsburgh, not in my top five. Nope. I, I picked them to go to the AFC title game. They lost to the Chicago Bears. That's a tough loss, and if you're going power rankings rules, that's uh, – it's not a good loss. I think the Vikings have the best defense in the NFL. The second best defense in the NFL is Denver's. They're yep. not in my top five. They're eighth. Yeah, New Denver's England is ninth. New England is ninth. Gotta love it. <laughs> um, the Rams, 10th, Washington, 11th. And Dallas, the Dallas Cowboys, who were world beaters last year, I have them as 12th. I mean, so, they have two losses. So that's, I know. When you get that second loss. Uh, I, I, I think I think with, with Bradford, the Vikings are in the mix to be in the top 12. Um, I think Seattle's in the mix to be in the top 12 if they're right. Deshaun Watson has me inspired. I, I just think you people who are listening to us right now, <laughs> do it yourself. Fill it's out tough. your top 12. Yeah, going and, off of your top of your head right there, I, you don't think of a team like the Steelers because you just remember, I mean, teams that are that have been proven in the past are not the same teams yeah. this year. Like um, Oakland? Yeah, I, we didn't even mention Oakland. I, I, mean, I took them out because they don't have Derek Carr for two weeks, so yeah. I had to take them out. That's why I didn't. So, that's why I didn't have them in there. But it is tough. Um, you mentioned the Texans, and this is a conversation that we had at the lunch table yesterday. Yeah, I mean, give, give us your opinion on on the quarterback there, Deshaun Watson. They found one. Yeah, they I, found a quarterback. Yeah, Deshaun Watson is their guy. Bill O'Brien has had. Um, 11,000 different quarterbacks since being named Texans head coach. He ain't going to have any more. He's got Deshaun Watson. That's You're his that guy. convinced on Deshaun Watson. That, that is his guy. 
Deshaun Watson should have been the first pick in the draft. You Deshaun, said that you said that at the combine, at the combine this year. So you are it's not a new thing. You're not hopping on a bandwagon. I don't feel like I am. No, I've been on this guy. That's that's why I wanted to bring that up. Yeah. I, I was very surprised how confident you were in this guy, but when you look at it, he has he's never lost. I, I mean, know he wins everywhere. Look at him. He beat Alabama in the national championship game on the game-winning drive. Yeah. I mean, that's that's about as proven as it could be. The Texans and their fans should be super excited about what they have in Deshaun Watson. And and look, it, it, he might flame out. I could be wrong, and he's not the guy. But he is the closest thing they've had to the guy since Bill O'Brien has been there. So. Fifty-seven points last week. Yeah. So gonna, I think you win a lot of your games if you do that. Uh, if if you if you have a Zimmer defense and you score fifty-seven points, that uh, you'll probably and, go undefeated. And their defense is good. <laughs> yeah. Do they do have a good defense? They do have Clowney a good defense. Clowney and Watt. Clowney has finally, his, his knee is finally figured out, and he's been a yeah. force in there. So, yeah. All right, we got anything else before we head out of here? I think the last thing we're going to bring up, and this is a Vikings PR stat of the day. Okay. We're, we're going to bring this up before we let you go. Since 1991. That's when the Twins won the World Series, by that, the way. That is, that, and they lost to the Yankees last night. We'll, yeah, we'll, we'll just bring that up. <laughs> but, uh, I'm since, trying to live in the past, yeah. okay? <laughs> um, since 1991. Vikings 20-plus yard receptions weeks one through four. Uh, Stefan Diggs has eight, and he's tied with a couple of big Vikings names uh, in, in the past. Randy Moss in 2003 had eight through weeks one through four. He was good. Jake Reed in 1996 had eight. Mm. Uh, yeah, he's another good wide receiver. Mm-hmm. Adam Thielen in 2017, which is this year as well, has eight. Okay. And Chris Carter had seven in 1999. So these two Vikings receivers are are in elite yeah. company. All righty. Well, I mean, keep feeding these guys the ball. We're going to need them, especially without Dalvin Cook. Um, that's all for the show um, for now. We're going to be back with another Wobcast on Sunday. So please be sure to stay tuned for that. We will preview this Chicago Bears-Minnesota Vikings Monday Night Football game. Again, we're going to record that on Sunday and get it to you um, at some point on Sunday or maybe early Monday. That will be for your listening pleasure as you wait all day on Monday, a work-slash-school day, for the Vikings and the Bears to kick it off at Soldier Field on Monday night football um chris is not a twins fan but i am congratulations minnesota twins hell of a, on a season. Great season you have to you have to yes. say they broke the record um for 103 losses last year and making it to the playoffs this year um hell of a season right. for the for the minnesota twins. your yankees chris move on i also like the yankees which i know is sacrilege <laughs> to say as a twins fan i'm a big yankees guy i grew up um watching sports with my parents but also with my grandparents and my grandpa and when my grandpa was you know a kid growing up the yankees were were the cat's tail you know so like sense i respect the yankees love it when the pinstripes win and i'm rooting for them to beat the indians also rooting for the Lynx tonight that's right if you're listening to this and it's still wednesday the Lynx play tonight, Game 5, the deciding game of the WNBA Finals against the Los Angeles Sparks. Lindsey Whalen, one of my favorite competitors and athletes of all time. Lindsey Whalen leading the Lynx against the Sparks tonight. Good luck to the Minnesota Lynx. Hopefully they can bring another title home, one of the great dynasties in WNBA history. All right, that's it for this edition of the Wobcast. On behalf of producer and co-host Chris Corso, I am... Your host, Mike Wabshaw, signing off for now and letting you know we'll be back over the weekend. Until then, have a good day, everyone.